It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, November 17th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is looking forward to this prospect day. Yeah, this is a good day. Lots of fun guys to talk about. Let's get the show started. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with prospect expert Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all of our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. On today's show, we will be previewing tonight's matchup against the top of the league Boston Bruins. Should be an interesting one. Uh, Then we're going to dig into those prospects like we talked about. Uh, We're going to start off with J.R. Avon, who is a Flyers prospect, and then talk about a couple of draft prospects in Otto Stenberg and Ryan Leonard. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you're listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe over there as well. Russ, a little bit of Flyers news that we didn't get to on yesterday's show because we had our interview with Chris Terrian. You should go back and listen to that if you haven't already. Uh, Artem Anisimov has a Phantoms contract right now. And, you know, it's good that he's healthy. I'm Mm -hmm. very happy for him. Uh, I think it makes sense to give him a Phantoms contract to really see like where he's at. And then you don't really have to do anything now in terms of eliminating a Flyers contract in order to make room for him until you have some more information. Sure. But that's not going to take long. Like I, I think if he looks good for a couple weeks, you know, you're talking about first of December, something's going right. to happen. Yeah, and I guess it'll depend on how everybody else is doing if Wade Allison comes back and right. all of that. So, uh, but they will have an Isimov in their back pocket. Uh, Patrick Brown is also with the Phantoms on a rehab stint. It's nice to see them use the Phantoms as Finally. a rehab. Stint. Well, they don't really yeah. have a choice now. They don't have a choice. It's um, but, true, but it is nice to see it. That the only thing you have to consider with an Isimov is. If they do get to the point where they sign them and they have to cut another contract, like having that lack of flexibility because you're 50, you know, are again full uh, at the deadline is not a positive. No, I think there's going to be a real interesting squeeze here. And it's all like fourth liner guys. Uh, And, And that's, I think, the part of it that's a little bit more frustrating than anything is that that's where the overload is right now. And so uh, it just makes things very difficult because then you have to really make some tough decisions. You do. And so luckily we don't have to make them today. That is true. Uh, Also, the GMs had a little bit of a meeting and uh, they always talk about potential rule changes there. Anything fun come out of that? Yeah. So um, rule change wise, they're talking about, uh, in overtime, not overtime, sorry, penalty shots 
Uh, if you have a player that gets awarded a penalty shot, and let's say he's a fourth liner that's not a great scorer, you could decide whether to shoot the penalty shot or take a two-minute power play. You know, I see the pluses and minuses on both of those, on both sides. The the part that I think, to me, they would have to change is I would only give them a one-minute power play, and I'll tell you why. Because a penalty shot takes no time off the regular clock, like one second. But if there's, you know, if I got a penalty shot awarded to my team, and let's say I'm up a goal, and let's say there's, you know, three minutes to go in the game, now I'm going to be able to waste two of those minutes on the power play because I was able to choose it. So I think there has to be a balance there. Yeah, that's a really interesting point about it because, yeah, it does depend on when in the game it is and what the score is and what decision you would make. And uh, it could put some teams you know, in a very vulnerable position in terms of having opportunities to tie it up at the end and, and things like that. So definitely something they'll have to talk through all the potentialities with. Yeah. Like in four months, they will. Uh, also, with um, in regard to gloves, maybe the longer gloves again with the uh, the wrist guards in them, based on what happened to Evander Kane. So that's getting talked about. I I'm in favor of that. I understand some players don't like it. I think they could get used to it though, and I just think the good outweighs the bad in this one. I do too. I, that was so awful what happened to him. So if they can do something to prevent it, it's a good thing. Yep. But uh, turning our attention to the Boston Bruins, the Boston Bruins are at the top of the NHL, 14-2, and undefeated at home. They're on a four-game winning streak. They've won against all different kinds of teams, averaging four goals a game, top PK in the league, seventh on power play. Seems like they're going to be trouble, Russ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you always hope you can catch a team on an off day when they're like this. And that's always possible. The um, the things that the Flyers would have to clean up, the offensive zone face-offs were bad. I mean, they gave up a shorthanded chance on an offensive zone face I think two, actually, off offensive zone face-offs, which is bad. Uh, they would be going up against Patrice Bergeron for some of those because it's at home and they can control it. Those are some areas they're going to be pretty mismatched. And then just the general having two number one defensemen with Charlie McAvoy and Hampus Lindholm, that is going to cause problems too. The, the, the thing is, if the coach keeps saying you got to forecheck, 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 that's great, but you got to catch up to him the forecheck. And that was even a problem with Columbus at times. Yeah, that's kind of the big thing, I think, with Boston. You know, you mentioned McAvoy and Lindholm. McAvoy just got back recently, already has a goal and two assists in three games. Lindholm already has 17 points and is a plus 18 as a defenseman, which is, you know, uh, they're, they're just playing at an unreal level right now, which has actually been sustainable. And you're right about that kind of play because, you know, if somebody's going to forecheck, the rest of the forward line has to be in a reasonable distance to be able to do something with the puck afterwards, that this is something the Flyers have struggled with, that when, you know, they have a takeaway, and they battle and get the puck away, they don't do anything with it afterwards and then almost immediately turn it over sometimes. And I think that's something they absolutely need to clean up. And against a team like Boston, if they can't capitalize on that kind of forecheck or that kind of board battle, then they're just lost. Yeah, it's going to be um, 
a battle, no matter who's in net, no matter what they're doing. This is going to be a tough game. Uh, they can play, you know, the tough game if they want, and Boston will play that. They they have no problem doing that. Uh, stay out of the penalty box. That's all I could say in this game. Yeah, that is going to be huge for them. Um, and, you know, especially because the PK has been struggling recently for the Flyers, I think that it, it's just been a tough go of it special teams wise and they're not going to have any room for error against Boston. Um I do want to mention uh, goaltending wise, I'm not sure who we're going to get yet. Uh Swayman has been back practicing injured but he's not going to be ready yet. We could get Kincaid. Uh mm-hmm. I think it's possible only because you know, he's only played two games so far this season. They may want to get him in for a third. And the Black, I mean, I'm sorry, the Bruins have the Blackhawks and the Flyers as their next two games. Then they go into a really tough stretch against more top teams like the Lightning, Panthers, Canes, Avs. And they're really going to want to be able to balance their goaltending appropriately. So... I think, you know, they're they're really going to want to to put Kincaid into at least one of those two games. Yeah, I mean, it would be a benefit if they could get Kincaid. He's still pretty good, but, you know, he's, he's not a top-flight goalie, so that, that could help even the odds a little bit. But, yeah, you just, for the, on the Flyers' end, they really have to get back to playing their game. They've sort of strayed. They've become a one-line team. And honestly, they're focusing too much on forechecking. I, I get that the coach wants to see certain things, but nobody could forecheck from the start of the game to the end of the game the way this guy wants to. You just can't do it. Not in this league, the way the speed is. Well, and not if you're not getting clean zone exits to be able to put right. yourself in the position to forecheck, right? right? So that's the other part of it is that you have to have the pieces that come ahead of the forecheck yeah. in, in order to get there. It's a great point. So, yeah, those are my my keys to the game, as they like to say on the broadcast. And uh, we will hopefully see the Flyers at least make a game of it against the Bruins. Maybe they'll surprise us and win. Um, I'm hoping they can at least do that. We will be turning our attention to some prospects, starting with one of our own and J.R. Avon coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer, esports, and, of course, the NHL. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like ours, you could find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available wherever you listen to podcasts, plus over on YouTube. Russ, I wanted to talk about J.R. Avon because he is an undrafted signee 
of the Flyers from last year, who's off to a really good start this season so far. And I know the spotlight is more on Cutter Gaultier, and we will mm-hmm. absolutely be keeping track of him and talk about him. But I think it's important to also look at other guys that are performing well early, and J.R. Avon is one of them. Uh, he is on the Peterborough Peets in the OHL, and he's a Peterborough guy through and through. He played his youth hockey there. He's from there. So this is something that's been really cool for him to kind of stick around even as he's gotten into his junior hockey days. And it was really unlucky for him in terms of his growth and COVID and how that worked out because he missed a whole season. And that's probably partially why he went undrafted. Mm -hmm. But he was a amateur tryout invitee to camp, not this year, but last year and got that ELC out of it. Uh, Right now, he's got 15 points in 16 games so far. He had four goals in the first five games of the season for the Peets, who are, I would say, middle level in in the OHL right now yeah they're doing like maybe slightly better than middle right now but he uh, notably had a four goal game last March and I just feel like he's one of these like you know diamonds in the rough that maybe something will come out of yeah there's no doubt he's a diamond in the rough you know I remember when he got signed in camp uh right now it's one of those things where he's hot so if you give him any kind of space uh, he can kill you in a lot of different ways. He has a very good arsenal of shots. He's got a very patient wrist shot. He's got good deeks. Uh, he also, um, his passing is really good. Like he's patient and he'll wait you out. So offensively, when he gets the puck, he can make a lot of things happen in that league. And he has been doing that. And that's been impressive. That's something that, you know, right now I'd say he's doing better than we all would have thought. And even his one-timer looks great. So this is a guy that's fit right in. Got off to a hot start this season. No reason not to expect him to keep this up. And so, yeah, he's he's moving up the prospect ranks for sure. He just doesn't get talked about a lot. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to talk about him here, because I just feel like it's important to look at everybody in the system, and especially, like I said, guys that are having some success. I do think that while he is doing really well, you know, you mentioned some of, you know, his shot selection and mm-hmm. some of the playmaking that he can do. I don't think, you know, I think similarly, not in the same style, but in the same reasoning to Elliot Denoyer, not all of that is going to translate to the Mm -hmm. NHL because the NHL is faster. The goaltending is a lot better. You know, he likes the wraparound a lot, and Mm -hmm. that's just not going to work as much at the NHL level. But the instinct is there, and he's getting results, and, and that's what's impressive to me that you know, he's had to kind of battle through this, you know, disappointment mm-hmm. to get to a place where he's really making a name for himself. Yeah, you could see that, you know, this is where he's starting to sort of break through as a prospect. The big thing for him also is if he's on a break with a couple of guys, he knows where to go and fill the lane. It's an important thing in basketball, but it's also important in hockey because, you know, the more you could spread out and fill the lane, you could. If you make those passes, if you can make that tic-tac-toe pass, it's very hard to defend. So he is able to kind of get that going, too, on his team, and that's where you can get your teammates involved. So he's been able to do that, too. 
Yeah, and I think that's something that it sounds very simple, you know, and it's something you learn in youth hockey, you know, go to the empty space right. so that you can be ready for a pass. But sometimes the Flyers don't do that. No. <laughs> you know, they bunch up on one side of the ice or the yeah, other. Yeah, you see four guys on one side sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so for a guy like J.R. Avon, who has really good instincts on that front, like obviously you don't want to see like coaching, like take that out of him. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's good to see that that is a particular skill that he has mm -hmm. that could benefit the Flyers. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I mean, because he has so many different ways that he can score. And if, I think that's what will help him going forward. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, why he even got the invite in the first place to camp last year and like what we saw last year that made them sign him. My guess is um, I think he plays with Zanetti. So they probably had seen him when they were scouting Zanetti. So the fact that he wasn't, you know, that he was available, they were like, oh, you know what? We already have seen this guy quite a bit. Let's bring him in, see what he looks like here. And that happens a lot, too, All right? All the time. Well, that's what happened with Jackson Cates, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Um, I, I think that was very fortuitous. And, yep. you know, I think, you know, for me, his path to the NHL is do your absolute best this season. I hope he can, can sustain the level of play that he has had so far and that, you know, he comes into rookie camp and dev camp next year, really ready to impress. Yeah. I mean, he's still going to need, you know, a year or two in the AHL. He's 19 now and he missed a year. You That, that missing a year is always going to catch up at some point. So he's making up for a little bit for lost time, but you know, it's, you're going to have to play those games. Nobody has ever really put a number on how many games somebody should play before they're in the NHL because there's always exceptions, like a Crosby is an exception. But uh, they're getting closer, it looks like, with goaltenders. It seems like with goalies now, their organizations are kind of saying, listen, we want this guy to play X amount of games, uh, pro games in the AHL, ECHL even, before we even see him in the NHL. And so there could be a day where we do that for players uh, it is done in some baseball organizations with some good results and some bad results. Yeah, I definitely think he deserves a shot to play for the Phantoms next season. I yeah. think that he should compete for one of those spots and not, you know, have to play elsewhere at that point. I think he'll be too old for it to make sense for him to go back to junior at that well, point. Well, I, I wouldn't argue it with him because he could still lead the league in scoring. There's still a lot he can do. He could lead his team to a championship, but but that's, again, yeah, let's see where he's at first. Right. I Just if he's continuing to play this well throughout the season um, and he stays healthy, I think that learning to adjust to the pro game at sort of the peak is probably a good thing for him rather than like giving himself a chance to lose confidence before getting to that. Point. Well, I mean, I could play devil's advocate. I mean, everybody was thinking Tyson Forster's too good to send back to juniors and he's struggling in the AHL. It does happen. Yeah. I think there was also the asterisk next to that with him playing in the AHL in that quote unquote lost season where the AHL wasn't as high level mm -hmm. as it is now. Mm -hmm. So I think we were kind of comparing apples to pears in that okay. situation. <laughs> But yeah, so J.R. Avon, definitely keep an eye on him and we'll look forward to seeing how he and the Peterborough Peets do. 
Uh, when we come back, we are going to talk about Otto Stenberg and Ryan Leonard, who are draft eligible prospects. Russ, when you said you wanted to talk about Otto Stenberg, I was very excited because, of course, I remember that he had a lacrosse goal in mm-hmm. the Four Nations Cup, which is really, really cool. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, was on Sweden's U18 team in U18 World. So that's where I've seen him play. Uh, but I'm not quite as familiar with him as you are. He's a forward. He's 17. And right now, you know, in the early days, he's ranked mostly in the 14 to 20th range right now for a first round potential pick. So what else do we know about Otto Stenberg? Yeah. And that's before the five nations where he did really well. So he he's going to rise from that. And I think he will keep rising uh, to get to the pretty close to the top 10 before it's all said and done. What we know about him is he is another one of these guys that can play center or wing, but a lot of times I'll talk to him about it, see how much they play there and then sort of do an interview and kind of get back to where they feel best. And right now he feels best on the wing. And so if, if any team's drafting him and saying they're drafting him to be a center, probably not. Uh, and the reason he's better as a wing, he is just a little quicker off the wall and a little more dangerous offensively off the wall. Like he is, you know, a playmaker kind of guy, but he does have a hell of a shot too. So he is one of those guys that can score too. So I that's where I feel like on the wing is good for him. He, um, he's he got an extra gear, like skating-wise, which is terrific. He has got a real love for the game. Like he just loves to play, anticipate his next game, talks about it all the time, uh, was happy when he beat Finland. They're always – the Swedes are right. always happy when they beat Finland. So that was something where even in the tournament like this, that wasn't like lost on him. That was still like – an important thing for him. He really, uh, he knows it's his draft year and he's happy that he's being heavily scouted, but it's not bothering him. And he's having a great year and he's, and he's playing well overseas too. So that's the thing where the five nations now, I think put him in a position to look at him as a top 15 for sure, get him out of the 20 and then we'll see what else happens to him during the year. Yeah, he already has nine points in five games for the Swedish U18 team, which is a pretty good start to that year and has really succeeded in the Swedish leagues as well. Uh, He's mostly played at the U20 level and is like racking up points there. So I, I think that he is a guy that could be one of those like creep up the charts over the course of the year prospects. And so somebody who's scouting them for maybe like a 15 pick mm-hmm. by the time the draft rolls around, maybe it'll be impossible that he'll still be there at that point. Right. I mean, he, you know, he's 17, he'll be 18 in May. So he's played some SHL games, but he's not going to be an SHL or this year. Maybe he right. gets a few more games at the end of the year, but no, his numbers are good with the J 20. And I think after this now, They'll get better. I see, you know, his PIMs are really high there. They weren't in this tournament. So what that tells you is when he's playing against his own age age range within, you know, within a year or two, uh, he's a dominant guy. Like he's, you know, one of the best guys out there. When he's playing, you know, the J20, it's a little bit older. So 
he'll be on the fence whether he makes the world junior squad or not. I probably put him on there because I just like like his speed and and I do like his uh his hockey IQ too. Yeah. Ryan Leonard, uh, very excited to talk about him. Uh, he's another one of the U.S. National Team Development Program kids. But shockingly, he's not from Minnesota no. or Michigan. He is from Massachusetts, so the other M state that is a hockey hotbed. Uh, he's a decent-sized forward playing center right now. Uh, he's off to a good start on the USHL team and has like huge output when he was playing for the U18 team. And uh, I am very interested in getting to know more about Ryan because he's one of the development team kids that I know less about. Yeah. So he, I, I feel like it's him or Will Smith for the best guy on the team. I just, that's my gut feeling. Uh, he is very well put together. This guy uh, is, is strong. You could see him if he's got like a cutoff shirt, he is really in shape. So even though he's 5'11", he could handle himself in the corners. He gets to the net no matter what. So he's a guy that sometimes in a game will just see an opportunity, go to the net. Sometimes he'll go to the backhand. Sometimes he won't. But he will do that two or three times a game and just, you know, get his own shot on goal. He is, you know, a good passer, so that's not a problem. He's got really good hockey IQ. Uh, his defense is good. He's really a, a guy who, when when he's out there, can make things happen. You really have to cover him and know what you're doing with him, or he is going to either get to the net or he's going to score with like a wrist shot. That's really good too. So he's really an impressive guy uh, for his background. While he is from Massachusetts, uh, his parents are both from New York. So it's interesting. So he doesn't really hate the Yankees, even though he likes the Red <laughs> Sox, but it turns out both of his parents are Yankee fans. I had to find an uncle. He, he has, why well, he goes, because I said, well, who's a Met fan in the family? Anybody? He goes, well, an uncle. So it was a, that was a <laughs> funny conversation. But he does have a New York background, too. Uh, but he's, he's a, you know, he's got the accent. He's a big-time Red Sox fan. And his dream is to play in the bean pot like that. Well, he's playing for Boston College. Yeah, so next year, next next year he year, will get yeah. to play in the bean pot. And that, he is probably looking forward to that as much as the draft. Now, the other interesting thing is he does not want to get drafted beyond the first round. He looks at himself as I am a first rounder. I'm going in the first round. That's what I expect. And his play sort of dictates that. Yeah. I mean, that's a big statement. Uh, he seems to be, you know, echoing that on the ice so yeah. far. Yep. Uh, again, it's early days in this season, but off to a really good start and uh, is a huge part of this program, it sounds like. Uh, right now, he's sort of, I would say the median is in the 20 to 25 range rankings wise. But again, you know, we always talk about this. It's it's really early and those yeah. things will change. So he, we'll he's see also got he sneaky rises. speed. Yeah, he's not a guy that's like, a, you know, that you notice right away, but then you'll notice, well, he really, how did he get there that quick? He's one of those guys that, you know, when the puck's on his stick or he knows where the puck is going to be, he's able to increase his speed. So in game, he's a very dangerous guy. Yes, he sounds like it. All right, we're going to wrap things up with our Flyers fun thing. Uh, found an overtime winner uh, from J.R. Avon for the Peterborough Peets. It's one of those wraparound goals that I talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, basically does the entire move by himself. Uh, pretty impressive. And hopefully we can see more of that in the future. 
That'll do it for today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow. We're going to recap the game against the Bruins. Hopefully we have some good stuff to talk about. Ah. And then we'll look ahead to the weekend matchup against the Montreal Canadiens. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send us in your questions via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. Plus, you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and their take of the day. It's available on Odyssey, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.